It's that lunchroom chatter podcast, you know Will you sit up and think about fucking your girl's best friend But you can't because your girl's a fighter and she'll fuck you up This that lunchroom chatter podcast Will you lay up and think about being a porn star But you can't because you come too quick So you gotta eat the pussy for 95 minutes Mmm, that kind of shit This that lunchroom chatter podcast Will you in bed at night thinking about beating your meat But you can't because you live with your mama And she busts in the room and say Bitch, get the fuck up Mama, why you ain't knock on the door first? This that kind of shit Where you can be yourself Where you can relax Where you could Put yourself into the mind of another nigga So stay tuned Let's get this shit poppin' Lunchroom Chatter Podcast, baby Yes, sir Y'all know what time it is, man This is that Brand new LCP. And we are back for a full length episode today. I got a lot of shit on the docket. Now, also coming up soon, man, I have a I have an interesting episode, man, because about three weeks ago, man, I had somebody, they said, John, start a hinge dating profile. And when I tell y'all, that shit was damn near open and grand closing the same fucking week. I want to boo hinge, bro. So on an upcoming episode, I'm going to censor that damn near the entire episode about the week and a half I was on Hinge and about why dating in this era is difficult. It's fucking difficult, man, because as you get older, more and more people accumulate trauma and it makes this shit so fucking difficult, especially when you factor in social media and how many people just sit back and watch and just regurgitate these fucking memes, these fucking viral trendy posts they watch all these fucking netflix love is blind all these shows and they get such a skewed interpretation of what love and what reality is but before i dive into the episode man i I, i'm gonna talk about one thing about my time on hinged now for those who have never been on hinge you know on hinge you know like somebody can like you and that person's like is going to show up in the fucking like box or some shit and you can go to their shit you could look at their page and you could determine, you know what? This person is pretty cool. Let me accept the fact that they like me. So now we can talk. So now the first person that liked me on hinge, she was 44 years old. Now I'm going to read y'all her fucking profile. And you guys tell me if this shit sounds appealing. So the first person who liked me on hinge, her profile says, I don't like drama. If you need money, don't like my page. If you need a place to stay, don't like my page. If you need a ride, don't like my page. If you needy, don't like my page. I'm not an ATM. No females. Please keep it moving. Free time is travel time. Passport 100% straight males only. You are catfishing. Please don't swipe. If you are married, please keep it moving. And again, like that, that's her profile. Now, when I go down, I'm like, you know what? This shit sounds unappealing. Like, what is she looking for? It said, I'm looking for a long-term partner. I'm looking for a soulmate. I want to boo. Boo, bitch. You're never going to find nobody serious if that's how you fucking start off your dating profile. I know a lot of men don't read, but I read them shits because I want to see, can you write a fucking complete sentence? I want to see based on how you write, is there any type of chance that you might be somebody who can communicate respectfully? Now, based off, off her profile, of course, I didn't match with her. There was no match. Once I read that, shit, I'm like, you know, I'm, I can't match with her. But had I matched with her, I probably would have had no faith that she can have a healthy, engaging conversation. If you, if she would have told me I'm a mature, respectful woman, I probably would have told her, 
girl stuff, that's a lie. And it would have been the truth. I want to give you guys a hand for that first. You guys, man, who've been locked in, who've been loaded, who've been staying tuned in to that LCP. Thank you. And, and like I always say, if you love the podcast, you love the platform, tell your friends, tell your family, your coworkers, do not keep it to yourself. Keeping it to yourself, if it's a platform you like, you are doing me a disservice because I bust my ass with this shit. I come up with, with content, topics, episodes. So if you love the podcast, please do not keep it to yourself because you are doing me a disservice and to all the other independent creators out there who take the time, effort, and just invest their own resources. Please support me. Now, I love when you guys listen to episodes late. Man, I had a late voice message come through. Um, I believe it was an episode I did maybe about a month and a half ago where... I forgot the title of the episode. It might have been called Cheat Sheet, where I posed the question about if you are married or in a serious relationship and you and you get physically ill, would you allow your partner to cheat? Now, when I say physically ill, I mean physically unable to please your partner in any shape or form. Like, why did it be you fucking paralyzed from the waist down, the neck down, some shit, and now, as we all know, as humans, sometimes, a lot of times, we create, well, we crave affection. So if you are no longer able to pleasure your partner, would you be okay with your partner cheating? And I had a late voicemail come through because I guess this person just heard the podcast recently because they just got turned on to your boy, to that. Brand new LCP. Like I said, these things happen when you guys consistently share and support. So I got the voicemail queued up. Let's dive into what she had to say. Again, the question was, if you are physically unable to please your partner because you develop some kind of condition, would you be okay with your partner cheating? That's a lengthy voice message. So, of course, I'm going to jump in in between and give you guys my opinion. But let's dive into what she had to say. So, you know, um, how would you handle that or respond I feel like when you get married, it's to death do us part, right? So it's sickness, through sickness and health, to death do us part. But I also feel like sometimes that rule can have, you know, different outcomes, if that makes sense. So in my opinion, if I had a spouse that was put in a situation as such, I know for a fact that I would have a conversation with that person and just you know to me communication is everything mm. communication is key so if we can have a real adult conversation and you know i explain my um feelings towards it and he or she is able to also express how they feel and we come to a i want to pause it and i want to clarify it one more time because what she said is right man first and foremost it's communication because everybody's different. Every, every couple is different. Like some couples might say, you know what? It's cool. I don't need sex for the rest of my life. Now, some people might crave that affection, that attention, that intimacy to where now you can't give it to them no more. So yes, at that point, a conversation is needed. Decision together. So we both decide no, like, absolutely. I am not okay with you stepping out. I'm not okay with you saying others. You know, let's get um, let's get adventurous or, you know, let's get creative. So let's 
incorporate sex toys. Let's do mm, this. Let's that do dildo. that. Then I feel pull like that dildo out the back. Now, if you have a conversation with your partner and your partner, again, same topic, same conversation, and they agree that, you know, I understand your position. I understand how hard it also is or can be for you. So let's do it this way, meaning that I don't mind you having a partner, but these are the rules. Mm. No one is to overstep, you know, the guideline once it's put into place. Then now I want to pause a minute because... What she's saying sounds great, but as we all know, sometimes you can put guidelines in place, but in the moment, in the heat of the moment, having sex, a lot of times those guidelines are probably going to be overstepped and a baby might come because we can use all the protections in the world. We can use all the fucking contraceptives and take all the proper risk. But once you lay down and have sex with somebody else, you are assuming the risk of what the fuck might happen, especially as an adult. And that's the risky part. But like I said, to me, I'm kind of torn because if the situation was on me and now I'm physically, God forbid, paralyzed and now I can't physically please my partner. Let's say I'm married and I'm 40 years old. Like, I don't know if I can sit there and feel happy if my partner says, you know what, John, I want to be faithful. I want to stand by you. And now I live time 85 years old. And now my partner is there for 45 years without that intimacy. Like, I don't know if me as a man, of course, the selfishness in me would want her to be faithful for 45 extra years. But I don't know if the human in me is going to be okay with that. Because you got to take into account her feelings. Like, she might want to be held a certain way. She might want to be a different type of attraction and intimacy outside of simply kissing and handholding, which might be all I can do for her in my current condition. So, yes, we can incorporate sex toys and shit like that. But as we all know, that don't make up for the real thing. So so she might want that. She might want that. D-I-C-K, bitch. She might want that. Oh, my God. And that's going to be something I might. I might be torn with it. I I might be, but I might gotta, I might gotta just sit, step back in. I might gotta go let her get some other thing. No. <laughs> man, but I want to clap it up, man, for homegirl for sending that voice message in. Now to dive into some more relationship shit. Now, Jada, I believe her name is, how you say it? Jada waiter. I don't know if she's the, if this is little baby's girl, whoever girl, I don't know. They they all date the same fucking person. But she was on Instagram Live and she spoke about the fact that she has never cheated in a relationship. But any dirt she has ever done, she did when that relationship went on break. Now, she said it happily. So I, I want to know from you guys. So again, please hit my Instagram, which is Lunchroom Chatterpod. If you were in a relationship and you guys went on break. Like, let's say the break was a week. Did you use that 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 one week break to fuck whoever you wanted to fuck? Or did you hold it down? Because I feel like it's always a tricky situation because a lot of times when people go on that break, they end up rushing to go fuck people that they already wanted to fuck or people that they were interested in, but they didn't want to have sex and it be classified as cheating. So... A lot of times people going to fuck their friends or they going to fuck who they want to fuck during that week, that two week span of quote unquote single. But if you are on break, shouldn't you be working on yourself? 
or is that an open invitation to go fuck each other, to go fuck whoever you want to fuck before you get back with your man? Because you get back with your man, you get back with your girl. I mean, of course, technically, you didn't cheat. But did you cheat? So let's dive into what Jada Waiter had to say. I've never cheated on any of my boyfriends, ever. I don't cheat. But them little breaks, in between them little breakups, that's when I do my dirt. But I never have like been in a relationship with a partner and cheated, ever. I never cheated. I could stay on all 10 toes on God. I've never cheated on my per- partner. I don't cheat. Jada Waiter. Now... Again, um, I probably got to be careful what I say here because I, I'm, she's a black woman. So anything I say that's not pro-black woman is going to be looked at in a bad way. But like I said, that's why I always look at both sides because we know, quote unquote, the purpose of a break is to kind of regroup, figure out what you want or work on yourself. But let's be real. A lot of people use a break because it's somebody else that they probably want to fuck, but they don't want it to be considered cheating. So they take a break. Let's let's call it what the fuck it is. Oh my god! Now, in the past, um, of course I'm not gonna say a name, but I was dating a woman in the past. This was like in my early 20s, and everything was going great. Like the relationship was great. It was amazing. We had no arguments. Like, no relationship is perfect, but it, it was as close to perfect as you can get. And one day she was like, you know, out of nowhere, she said, "John, I think we should take a break." And I'm like, "Wait." What, like everything is going great. We spending time together. We doing shit like a break. And she was like, yeah, um, a break, but only for like a week. And now I want to boo now before I say what I'm about to say. And like I said, like when you come to me and you already say, hey, we should take a break. And then you put a time frame on the break. Like internally, that's letting me know you need a week. To fuck whoever you trying to fuck And then you gonna come back and Quote unquote be this perfect happy couple But see a lot of people need that week Need that time or need that time away From your partner because Whatever you do people often Say well I didn't cheat because we Weren't together and that's another reason Why a lot of relationships don't work because Fucking somebody else Is not gonna save The relationship fucking somebody else is not Gonna improve Everything that you have going on but like I said, I know I'm a man. I can't express that because every time we express something, we feminine, we sassy, whatever the fuck the case may be. And now to segue from that party, who is also known as Partisan um, Fontaine, which is the ex-boyfriend of Meg Thee Stallion, which I'm sure a, lo- a lot of you guys hate because he has expressed himself. But this is what he had to say about when men are too expressive. To anything and there's always some type of criticism or or backlash you know what i'm saying for any reaction yeah you're too sad it's man up you know what i'm saying you too mm-hmm. you too uh you too expressive is oh he's sassy or you know what i'm saying that's like, sassy. Like, that's like, sassy. Like, that's like, a terrible word can we talk about that term and like yo, yeah, yo women have found a way to just disarm men speaking their mind or emotions totally like with one when, whenever you whenever you correct them or something oh you're being sassy you arguing back with a woman what do you what you will not want me to use words like you know what i'm saying like yeah so that's, it's, it's insane i don't like that it's like, insane i don't like it either I don't like it. But like I said, we had a place now where a lot of men, you just got to shut the fuck up. 
you got to shut the fuck up, man, because once social media, once the masses, <clears throat> you know, lock on and get a hold of a word, can't nobody take that word back. And a lot of women have seen that. Okay, so anytime a man does something I don't like, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of you guys are right now thinking, "Oh, John, you sassy because you're speaking on it." Like that's just the go to and how how powerful social media is. And a lot of people's minds have been have been flipped and contorted around to just believe whatever they see or regurgitate every fucking thing they see on social media. So I want to boo you motherfuckers out there, man, who don't let men express themselves. Everything he does is sassy. Let that brother express himself, man. Now, I'm sure a lot of you guys remember a couple years ago, um, you remember the girl, I think it happened in Chicago, where her name was Kanika Jenkins, where she ended up wandering around the hotel and she got trapped in the freezer and, you know, she tragically passed away. And now you had a lot of people, especially during the time when it was current and in the news, you had a lot of folks come out and say, you know, oh, it's foul play. I think somebody put her in the freezer. I think somebody did X, Y, Z. But then they showed a video of her stumbling around the hotel. She was clearly drunk. She was clearly drunk or she was on something. Because they was having a party or something in the hotel room. And she was she was wandering around the hotel by herself. Now, again, everything is not a fucking conspiracy. Like, sometimes tragic accidents happen. And I know, especially in black culture, we, we have to find a way to blame. It has to be somebody else's fault. A lot of times, accidents happen. We just seen with the guy from Friends, Matthew Perry, where he passed away in his pool. And autopsy reports came and... We found out he had, I believe they said he had a lot of ketamine in his system. And that can put you in a trance, can make you drowsy. And a lot of doctors have said for for that much ketamine that he had in his system, it was damn near equivalent to a patient who had anesthesia. And they said that when he had that amount in his system, the worst thing he could have done was get in the pool. Because he likely got drowsy, dizzy, probably passed out and ended up dying in his pool so mistakes happen so i can see a world where somebody is super drunk super out of it just wandering around a fucking hotel which the fucking video showed the video showed her walking through the kitchen and you ended up and you end up getting into a freezer and i used to work at kfc and a lot of times like depending on the type of freezer if you go in that freezer the shit locks behind you. I remember when I worked in KFC, we had to put a fucking chair or put some fucking shit, you know, in between the door. So if you drunk and now you stumble in the freezer, now the shit lock and you in that shit. Much love to her family, friends, everybody who knew her, man, because, you know, the family just settled. Um, I believe they got $6 million in a lawsuit. But let's let's dive into some of the news clip. This is the story of Kanika Jenkins. Not the whole story, but give you guys a little update for you guys who might not be as privy has been reached in the lawsuit filed over the 2017 death of Kanika Jenkins in a hotel freezer. The 19-year-old Chicago woman died of hypothermia inside a Rosemont Hotel's walk-in freezer. She had been attending a party at the hotel. The Tribune reports that Jenkins' mother is actively fighting to keep terms of the settlement sealed from the public. Right, I'm going to clap it up, man, because I respect that. I respect that. Like, mama, please keep fighting. 
Like, keep all of those fucking terms private if you can, because once social media gets a hold of terms or conditions, then it gets annoying because motherfuckers, everybody's a fucking detective. Like, once the fucking terms come out, oh, my God, so you mean to tell me you taking six million because I did Like, bro, it's not your fucking daughter. It's not your child. That woman has been grieving for years. Like, she probably want to put this shit behind her. And if you can get some money to to live a better life in the process of a lifelong of healing, then by all means, do your thing. I ain't knocking none of that shit. I ain't knocking none of that shit, man. But speaking of somebody getting knocked, man, Cardi B is on a rant. Cardi B has been going fucking crazy. Now, I'm going to say this right now. Cardi B, get the fuck off social media, okay? One more time, Cardi B, get the fuck off Instagram when it comes to venting about your relationship. Now, you guys who've been here since day one know I speak about this shit time after time again. If you're going through an issue, you're going through a breakup or divorce, the worst place you can go is social media because nobody give a fuck. You are simply our entertainment. Now, Cardi B got really emotional because I'm... A couple days ago, Blueface, the rapper Blueface, I mean, he got one song, but I guess he's a rapper. You know, he came out and he said that his ex, Krishan, slept with Offset. And Cardi B found out she got angry, she got mad. I mean, as she should, because they are technically still married. But like I said, you got to be careful what you sign up for, because Cardi B has said time and time again, years ago, that Offset is a cheater. That Offset breaks a heart. That Offset does dirt. Again, these are not things that I'm making up. These are things that Cardi B has said out her own fucking mouth about her husband. She said this shit years ago. Now, think back to when she said all that shit. Offset interrupted her, her concert performance, got on stage, gave her some flowers. They ended up rekindling and getting back together. You know, I want to clap it up because that's great. And now I want to end the applause because when you get back with somebody, and they do the same shit that you said they did before, I'm not going to be shocked by it. And if I'm not shocked, then why the fuck are you shocked when you're the one who told me how he was in the first place? And that's why I say when a relationship ends, it's always the man's fault. For some fucking reason, if you tell us 45 times how trash a man is, and now he's trash for that 46th time, does the woman not get no blame for that shit? You said years ago that you moved on because he was cheating on you and he was trash. But you took him back and you thought he was going to magically turn into Jesus reincarnated. It, it, it don't work that way. Like sometimes, like I say, this is where the word accountability comes in because you have to accept what you accept. You accepted him back as a cheater. As somebody who's does who does dirt. So now if he becomes that again or stays that because he never changed in the first place, I can't feel bad. Of course I feel bad because I don't want to see nobody hurt, but get the fuck off of social media. Especially if we know there's a high chance you're going to take him back. She did all this shit last time and took him back. Like if you're making a fool of yourself, don't nobody know if you're not on social media. Now, if she takes him back, she's going to look like a fucking fool because she jumped on IG Live, and this is what she had to say. Your shit. 
Because you will fucking talk to a nigga and a motherfucker will play in your fucking face, in your fucking face, over and over and over and over and over again. And she'll be like, watch. Watch what I'm about to do. Watch what I'm about to say. And it's so fucking sad that a nigga like to... Yo, this motherfucker really likes to play games with me when I'm at my most vulnerable time. When, I, when I'm not the most confident. They like, he likes to play games with me because he knows I'm not an easy girl. He, he knows... Yesterday, I could have been out, I could have been chilling, I could have been this and that. He knows I'm in my house, he knows that I'm chilling, he knows I'm not doing the most, and I've really been sparing you. I've really been sparing you. You've been fucking feeling yourself, you bitch-ass nigga, because of your bitch-ass album and shit, and you've really been fucking doing me dirty after so many fucking years and fucked your ass. Not even a fucking thank you that I got for your bitch ass. And it's so crazy that I gotta... I gotta take that off, I gotta take that off. That... Oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. One more time. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Like I said, for somebody, and I know Cardi B, regardless of money, regardless of fame and status, she is a human being. But the same way I tell somebody who has zero dollars in their account, you got to get off of social media. You have to, man. Like I said, going to social media, is it does nothing. No one gives a fuck. Nobody cares. If you go to social media and you start crying online and start putting up a fight, don't nobody give a fuck. Like I said, regardless of the of the impact that she thought that that's having, she's really just embarrassing herself. Because we often know how these relationships go. They often get back. They often rekindle. And now if you choose to rekindle and now you spot it back out with your husband, you guys fix things. These videos are on the Internet forever. That's why I say if you have an issue, you have a fucking, you know, fight or break up. Or as Jada said, you know, break up, period, on break, whatever the fuck might happen. Keep that shit to yourself. We don't give a fuck. Social media cares about entertainment. So once you jump online, motherfuckers don't care. You crying as more entertainment for them. Now you got motherfuckers, especially a lot of women, running to Offset's page and commenting, Offset, you garbage nigga. Offset, you a bum. Like, get a fucking life. I want to boo y'all too. It's booze or episode. This going to be the fucking boo episode, man. Yo, y'all don't know Cardi B. Like, who gives a fuck what she come online and say? The go, like, go, go feed your fucking kids. Go do some shit. Go to work, nigga. Nigga run into her husband's page commenting hella shit for no fucking reason. Fuck y'all. This shit make no fucking sense. I know they lying. Ooh, you a lie. Shit crazy, man. But now speaking of something that warmed my heart, man. Meek Mill got emotional when he was speaking at the signing of a probation reform bill in Philadelphia. I want to clap it up for Meek Mill, man, because... Those of us who has been who have been fans of Meek Mill from the beginning and seeing his struggle and seeing everything he was going through, then when he got arrested for, you know, because he was on probation, he popped the wheelie and he had to go to jail and he had the black judge. She was being difficult. She was setting all these outrageous, you know, things he had to do if he wanted to get out and avoid jail time. And she was just doing some wild shit, man. And I don't judge him by the content in his music because we come from a certain neighborhood. Like regardless of how much you grow, regardless of how much you elevate, 
a lot of times our brains and who we are in our stories are conditioned by what we seen. Like, like I always say, I grew up in the projects my whole childhood. I grew up in the hood. And a lot of times you see shit that, that you wish you hadn't seen, but that's your life story. So Meek Mill could move out, get a big ass mansion in fucking Idaho in the mountains or some shit. We can't remove his life story in a lot of the stories that he is going to continue to tell because that is what he's seen. What he sees now as an adult doesn't erase his life story in everything he he's probably seen in the inner city. Shootings, fightings, and everything that he's probably experienced. The same for me. Which is why a lot of our stories often go back to the hood. So if he makes music, a lot of his stories... It's going to be hood related. It's going to be street related. But that does not mean, you know, his mental thinking and his mental processing isn't mature. So I want to play for you guys a little clip. This is Meek Mill speaking at the probation reform bill signing. And he got emotional. And I love it, man. Like, I love when men, especially black men, show emotions. And I know... A lot of times when a black man does show emotion, he's called, as Party said, sassy. He's feminine. Oh, that's bitch shit. But I love it, man, because us men, especially black men, we have emotions as well. But this is Meek Mill speaking about a lot of the trauma and a lot of what he's gone through as a man, which is why that probation reform bill is so fucking important, especially to him and the youth. Go pick my mom up to take my son to school in New Jersey. I was actually committing crime the whole time from technical violations. And uh, I didn't have any way to get around that because I already was in jail my whole 20s. My son seen me in prison and I, I wanted to take my son to school. So I thought that it's either I'm going to go to jail I'm going to take my son to school. And, you know, I end up taking my son to school. So I want to thank you guys here today. I don't want to get emotional because it's a lot. You don't gotta clap. You don't. You don't. You don't gotta clap, cause I'm at a point in my life like we all grew up in the streets, and we try to be better, but they labeled us felons, sent us back to jail. I had to fight against that the whole time across the. I want to clap it up one more time for Meek Mill, man, because. And then after that, he put out a tweet. He said, I don't know how I cried on the news. I ain't even cry in my cell. And this right here is the most important part. He said, I needed that. I needed that. A lot of black men need to cry. And a lot of times we don't feel comfortable crying. And you heard him. He said, please don't clap because of that, that, that inner embarrassment of being a black man. And now you're crying in public. But it's nothing wrong with that. But society has made it to where if a man cries, a man shows any quote unquote chink in his armor. Then he's weak. He's not good enough. He's soft. But it's a lot of trauma that we go through, man, especially as black men. And that's why I say, man, especially when it comes to dating, you got to find a woman who understands, especially a black woman who understands that men have feelings as well. We are not these emotionless creatures that society has told us that we have to be so then when we become that 
then that's an issue again. Oh, he doesn't show emotion. Ooh, I, oh, he, he's, he's so tough 24-7. Well, well, yeah, because anytime emotion is shown, it becomes an issue. So I got to one more time for him, man. Like I said, I damn near almost cried watching that shit, man, because I know, I know how fucking important that is. Like, especially for him and especially for black youth, because a lot of black men, a lot of black kids get sent back to jail over and over and over for the most basic ass probation violations. The most simple as shit. So having a bill like that, man, it makes it so much easier, man. But I came on here to speak a little bit about Kanye West, but he pissed me the fuck off, man. Every every fucking time he has an album coming out, Kanye West start ranting. Every fucking time. Like, a lot of motherfuckers don't really realize that at this point, he doing this shit on purpose. The man is quiet. The man was quiet damn near the whole fucking year, but now he got an album coming out, and now out of nowhere... Now, here come, he's back on Instagram. The IG rants. The ranting about Jews. The ranting about all all the anti-Semitic shit. Like, he does this shit every fucking time. He has an album coming out. Now, I want to end this episode real quick because, you know, to me, the funniest thing about his whole rant was... Hold on. Let me play you guys a clip for me. Pop my fucking self, because ain't none of y'all niggas stand up for me. And nobody stop. It's shut the Shut up. up. Be quiet before you get exiled. Like, let's turn the Nope. Yo. Yo. I swear to God, bro. You motherfuckers out there, man, who, who still be supporting Kanye West, I don't know what the fuck I have to tell you. Like, I haven't listened to Kanye West. I haven't played an album on Spotify, Apple Music, or nothing. Since like 2012, the last album I listened to, and it hurts me because I haven't listened to Kanye in over a decade. I don't know none of his new shit, his new music, Donda, Life of Pablo. I have not heard none of them shits. I put action behind my words. You can fool me once, but you ain't going to fool me seven, eight times. And now I keep coming back every time you do some, some more shit, some new, some new music, some new singles. It's not going to happen. That's what happened to Cardi B. But motherfuckers sit back and they get tricked 98 times. And then when you keep being a person that we knew you were, now it's outrage. Nothing Kanye West says at this point is shocking. Nothing. Nothing Kanye West has done is going to let me know that he is ready to change. Every time he got an album coming out, every time he got some shit coming out, I know he's going to say some wild shit. And again, with the fact that he has an album coming out, of course, he activated his Instagram back because it makes sense for him to activate the shit back. So, again, man, I want to give a boo to Kanye West. And earlier I was listening to some shit and um, <laughs> I was listening to Sexy Red on The Breakfast Club and she was talking about her views about marriage and why she would want to be married one day. But it's probably not what you guys think. So let's like let's end the episode with the beautiful, mature opinion of Sexy Red before we get out of here. You think? Uh, I feel like marriage, that ain't real. Like, you can sign, you can have a whole ceremony and still get cheated on. Yeah. I do it just to do it, like, because it looks like, it look like a good time. <laughs> look like you confessing your love in front of everybody, mm-hmm. but I feel yeah. like that's all it is. You just confessing your mm-hmm. love in front yeah. of people. So it's, that's basically what it has become to now. Everybody, they not everybody, because some people still get married for the essence, the general commitment, the lifetime 
with one person, but when you factor in social media, a lot of people only simply get married now because it's, it's because it's the cool thing to do because they want their moment. Like I always say, they watch all these fucking reality shows, Love is Blind, Married at First Sight, 90 Day Fiance, and a lot of people, they just want their moment. So you guys out there, man, who stay showing love, who stay supporting that LCP. Again, my cash app is dollar sign NYC story 718. My Venmo is lunchroom chatter pod. Or you guys can click the link in any episode description. You guys can sign up to become a monthly supporter for as low as 99 cents, bro. You can support the podcast monthly like you do Netflix, like you do Hulu, like you do all these other fucking Streaming services, you can support for as low as $1 a month. Y'all know what time it is. This is that. Brand new LCP.